Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us today at Darsh Meshru and our host, Tom Dupree. And I want to know if Tom Dupree has rocked any boats lately, because I think... We'll, we'll get to that. I think maybe so. So this song is, is called Rock the Boat by the Hughes, H-U-E-S Corporation. It is actually considered the first disco song ever. Turn Is up, that turn right? Turn it up a little more. Okay. It was not considered like it was going to make it. Then they started playing it in these discos in New York City. And wow, next thing you know, it's top 40. And I remember listening to this song on the radio when I was traveling from Lexington, Kentucky to Banff, Alberta, Canada. In Just 19, out of high school, In right? 1974, in June of 74, driving, it was on the radio. Now, you know, the question really is, what's the difference between disco and what went before it? Put on a song by Eddie Kendrick called uh, Boogie Down. Now, in a way, so when I was at Henry Clay, Everybody was wearing these shirts with these big collars on them, but they were kind of into these uh, real tight pants in these platform shoes. Bell bottoms. Yeah. Bell, and, bell bottoms. Did they have bell and, bottoms and, and, in yeah. India? Oh, yeah. 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 I have pictures of my dad. <laughs> okay. So that they were wearing these things. My question is, this came, this song probably came out in... I'd say it came out in 72. Now, is this disco or is this just boogie? Turn it up. Let it play a little bit. We, can, we got plenty of time to talk about the market. This song, you ever heard the EP of it? Goes like 15 minutes. 
the dance track are 20 minutes and it rocks out turn it up i'm about to pot it down wait a minute no not yet okay now this is what was going on when i was in high school now uh let's just step forward a couple years one more song one more song i didn't realize i was going to be a disc jockey here uh disco inferno by the tramps with uh, i think two p's i think it's tramps and uh okay now this is about four years later so turn that up (laughs) i don't know so what's what what leads to what was it was it official what before it was disco was it boogie or you know what did you really call it because i guarantee you people were dancing to it at 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 what was called a disco but then what when does the official genre of disco appear because now i know that this is officially considered disco because it was part of the movie uh disco inferno but Where's the delineation? You know, uh, 50 Cent has a song named Disco Inferno, too. Well, it's not this one. <laughs> no, this was the it first. is probably not the Disco Inferno we're thinking of. I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just mental gymnastics, but I kind of lived through all of it, and so I'm kind of wondering, okay, what was I actually listening to? <laughs> Wait, were you a fan of the Bee Gees? Well, yeah. I mean, the early Bee Gees, like if you, they almost sounded like the Beatles. Um, the very early stuff look or look in any window and and uh they used a 12 string it was sort of a folky sound right. then they got into the disco and they really rode that wave hard and uh so they've been very versatile in terms of the uh, way they they were able to modify their sound right. really very smart very slick marketers so you know and 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 that's that's the music business. So, right. All right. Inflation. It's 8.6% in May. Now, it's very confusing. If you look at this headline, you would think that prices went up 8.6% in the month of May. That's not true. They're up 8.6% year over year, which I don't know what everybody's freaking out about. That's really not that bad considering where we've been, but the market doesn't like that number. It didn't like it yesterday, so we're down about 1,300 points in the last two days. I just think they're looking for something to trade off of because, I, you know, the, the one thing that, is happening is that the 10-year treasury is now i don't know around a 315 when you say we're down you're talking about the stock market yeah, not this, not talk- not dupree financial group no no i'm not talking about dupree financial group. so all right pardon me when i jump between asset classes the 10-year bond that's a fixed income instrument but the stock market takes its cues from the interest rates 
on fixed income uh, investments. The 10-year bond is now yielding 3.14. It's, it, the yield is starting to go up rather precipitously today, actually. The, uh, the yield on the 10-year, say, two weeks ago was probably 272. So that's up about 40 basis points in uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the stock market's dropped about 1,300 points, maybe even 1,400 in the last couple of days, depending upon where we are. So we're back to risk off, and yet there's no flight to treasuries here because they're selling them off also. So it's pretty ugly out there. It is, yes. I was, I was watching the market this morning, and when the CPI data first came out, Long-term treasuries actually rallied for the yeah. first 30 minutes and then they sold off as the market opened. So, you know, I, I think part of the worry that the market has is that the the Federal Reserve, which controls short-term rates, the Federal Reserve does not necessarily set long-term rates, although they are active in the long-term treasury market through their, uh, you know, QE, which they've indulged in the last over the last two years, although it really goes back to the financial crisis. Um, so I think the market is worried that the Fed is very slow to react to this inflation and uh, inflation has been persisting. Uh, the primary driver has been food and energy, uh, but that kind of, you know, impacts, uh, you know, energy costs especially, you know, they find themselves, they, they impact all other, uh, you know, consumer items. So the the worry is that if interest rates reset, especially long-term interest rates, then uh, equity prices also have to reset because, right. you know, they are discounted based on long-term interest rates. Yeah, and, you know, Warren Buffett has always, at least he says, that he prices his equity investments at the 10-year treasury rate plus say five or six percent to try to figure out a uh, an internal rate of return that's acceptable and um it's a fairly it's it's kind of a natural way of doing things when i say natural you have to look at the market almost like a force of nature not as just a man-made uh construct but uh, the natural effect of people dealing with people and there's certain relationships that tend to persist over time so risk versus risk free um there's going to be a gap that's sort of a natural gap between you know what you are earning on the risk-free asset versus what you should earn on the risk risky asset right now we're in a risk off mode meaning that uh, people uh, don't want to be taking on risk right now uh, because they are uh, fearful of the loss of, of uh, principle. And, you know, that fear is certainly well-founded. Uh, you can lose money investing in stocks. Make sure you hear that because it's, 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 it's very possible to do. It's quite possible you could lose money investing and so in an inflationary environment which we're now finding ourselves in it really shouldn't be a surprise to people 
mean, after all, the Fed has said for years, for decades, actually, that they, you know, they want to see a minimal amount of inflation. They were saying 2%. But when you think about the fact that they're a big, creaky organization, that their, their policies are always going to overshoot right. in one direction or the other. So they didn't get the 2%. They now have 8%, 9%. And that's the consequence of, uh, you know, <laughs> fiddling with things, if you will. Right. And so here we are. And what's your thought? Yeah, so when you think about, you know, uh, having 2% inflation, that's, you know, that's basically been the norm if you go back, you know, since the last time we had an inflationary episode, which was late 70s, early 80s, when inflation was this high. Uh, You know, short-term interest rates, uh, the Fed was a pretty, you know, I guess proactive Fed at that point, you could say, uh, when Paul Walker was the president of the Fed. And in order to combat inflation, uh, the Fed raised short-term interest rates and effectively induced a recession. Right. Uh, And uh, this time around, the Fed has been slow. And until recently, the Fed was saying that, okay, inflation is high, but it's going to moderate. So I think the the Fed kept thinking. I think even the Fed became a victim of uh, recency bias, where inflation's been so low for so long, where even they were uh, surprised that it could go as high as it has but not just that, but persist this high, uh, especially. Well, you don't typically have inflationary spikes. I mean, I would argue that this may still be an inflationary spike and that by the time everybody starts thinking it's not going to be transitory, that then it will become transitory. Now, right. this is going to sound very outside the range of normal thinking, I think that the the high oil prices are actually setting us up for a crash in oil prices. Um, and and the reason I say that is, and and I, I'm not entirely convinced that I'm right, but I'm looking at this article here. Uh, U.S. import demand is dropping off a cliff. This was uh, written by a guy named Harry Byers, Henry Byers, and published in a thing. Uh, it's called the shipping wave or something like that Uh, the latest ocean container booking data reveals that despite the strong levels of inbound cargo during the first five months of 2022 import demand is not just softening it's actually dropping off a cliff and he goes on to really talk about why that is and, and you, he even mentions target uh the uh the department store chain that has essentially slammed the brakes on and 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 sort of saying you know this isn't working then he talks about the consumer this is really a good uh lesson he says conditions for the consumer seem to be getting worse and worse just this week, AAA reported a new record high for gasoline prices at four fifty one per gallon. Right now, around Lexington, it's about four seventy nine. 
Some economists speculate with the Fed tightening to raise rates and draw down its balance sheet, we may be experiencing peak inflation. However, even if inflationary pressures begin to ease, consumers may still be overexposed to rising interest rates through the use of credit in a way that could further deteriorate demand and discretionary spending. Now, if the consumer really falls off the cliff here, it will have a drastic effect on uh, oil prices. I can recall in early 2009, in the middle of the financial crisis, uh, I take my dogs out to the uh, one of the dog parks early in the morning out at Coldstream, and it's uh, kind of out Newtown Pike, but one edge of it goes along uh, the interstate, and, and at that point, you're um, you're on both I-64 and I-75, and I can remember counting the truck truck traffic, the uh, um, diesel trucks going by, and <laughs> you would get about one every minute and a half. I mean, you know, today it's like three or four every 10 seconds, you know, there was just no shipping going. There wasn't much happening. I'm sure it was that bad back in March of 2020. Also during the pandemic, the point is when people stop shipping goods, that's because they're not buying things. Then you can be pretty well assured that the economy is kind of hurting everywhere. And they're just not going to be using as much fuel. Now, how, how low can it go? In 2020, it went to zero. So you do have exposure to the commodity there in, in your oil stocks. But others have said, no, we can't go back that low again because we don't have the capacity in the refineries and in the, uh, uh, in the oil uh, fields. Well, yeah, we can. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is start taking away those marginal barrels of demand. And then the next thing you know, you're, you're being stuck with a little inventory every week. Right. And that inventory has got to go somewhere because then once it gets offloaded of a tanker, it's going to go somewhere like Cushing or, or, you know, to a storage tank somewhere, maybe on the East coast, maybe in, uh, maybe in uh, Oklahoma, you know, and they can only fill up so far and then you can't put it anywhere. It's got to stay on the tanker. That's what happened in 2020. So demand can pivot quickly. That's that's true, yes. And uh, that's that's usually how this works. We saw something similar, uh, you know, in 2008 when oil prices shot up to 147 and that precipitated uh, a recession, basically. Um, and, and then they got in horrible trouble afterwards. Yes. Um, so now, I mean, one of the, I, I guess, differences between then and now, you know, you could say is that this war was not going on, although, and Russia is the, depending on the numbers, either the second or the third largest producer of uh, crude oil. Uh, but all the indications still show that, that the crude oil that, Russia is producing is still finding itself uh, finding its way into the market. 
So that supply hasn't really stopped. No, it, it, it is. You, and they're probably buying it at a discount. Exactly, yes. Uh, so, you know, until that happens, and uh, Russia produces 11 million barrels or so a day, if those 11 million barrels go off the market, then yes, this could persist, but that's not happened. Uh it can't. I mean, you can't turn off those wells. Right. You don't just turn the pump jack off. You know, there'd be oil flowing all over the ground. It would right. be an environmental crisis. You know, right. the, the oil's got to go somewhere, and it goes to refineries. Right. It has to be refined. Now, I meant that if, if there was severe sanctions where no country could just buy Russian oil, in, in that scenario, maybe, you know, the oil, they would still produce it, but it, it would not leave the country. But that's, that's still not happening. Right. Um, so maybe the market is giving oil prices a premium because of the, the war. Um, and then there are fears that, uh, you know, supply is not going to come online as quickly as it did, you know, uh, say in 2014, 13, 15. So, um, but, but yes, you know, the consumer can only uh, tolerate high oil prices or high gas prices up to a level. Beyond that, they just stop. And we are starting to see behaviors change. All right, we got a job. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We'll be back in a few minutes with more. Stay tuned, and you'll have to stay tuned to listen to how Tom rocked the boat for the end of the hour. We'll be right back. when you get Tom laughing on the microphone. It's a good one. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Adarsh Mashru and our host, Tom Dupree. And you know what? I think there's... You're going to finish what you started, Tom? I'm going to stir the pot again. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did they have Van Halen in India? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I just had to ask. (laughs) Did they ever come over there and play? That, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He was a youngster. All right. I've missed Van Halen. I think we're talking 80s, maybe. 
And uh, by then, I really wasn't listening to rock and roll that much. So I really kind of missed it because they're pretty good. And um, I don't know. I think I considered them like a hair band. Um, And a hair band, for those that don't know... Almost like Kiss or something. Well, I just, they all had lots of long hair and I they missed, were rockers. I, I think I probably miscategorized them, but you can only do so much. But I want to play another song here that uh, is, they they kind of made a little foray into bluegrass. It's actually another bluegrass band doing one of their songs. Their songs could be adapted to bluegrass. And uh, there's an album can't think of the name of it it's got several of the van halen songs uh done to done as as bluegrass songs and so that's when i started going back and saying you know these guys are pretty versatile so go ahead and play that listen to this good thing i had it queued up Listen to that fiddling. I get up and nothing gets me down. Is this a remake of this? Because this isn't the one I remember. It's called Strumming with. Yeah, that, you don't need to get into the name of it. I don't know. So it's just, but it's it's kind of a so. If your music can be adapted to where people are playing bluegrass songs of it, you know, you're pretty good. And I just, there's only so many things you can kind of process. Turn it up and then cut it off. All right. That's good. Now let's get back to business. I mean that kind of is our business. But what were you? You wanted to talk about this thing last night. And so jump, jump. Van Halen did that. I don't know if you said that or not. But that's the that's the that's version. Told, that's the version I was thinking of. Right, yeah. It's okay. Not the Van Halen. All right. Version. So you want me to go ahead and, and yeah, tell you're stirring the pot, rocking the boat. It's a, it's up to you. Okay. I mean, it's your. Show. I was going to wait. Uh, right. I was going to wait till the end of the hour, but I'll go ahead and do it now since you gave me the stage last night. After a couple of days' preparation, Darsh and our... And we're talking preparation. Our uh, financial analyst, Chad, put went through 200 and... 500. How many pages was it, Darsh? Yeah, like 550. Yeah. 550 pages-ish of the proposed Lexington-Fayette-Urban County government budget. And there is a lot of... There are a lot of things in there. And... As one of the councilmen said, it was the worst budget that he had ever laid his eyes on, and he's a businessman. So that got Tom's ears kind of pricked up since he has a background in the municipal bond business of, I mean, he did that for just that for 20 years before he started Dupree Financial Group. So Adarsh and Chad dug deep, and they are the government, Lexington Fayette County Urban Government is proposing to spend all the budget surplus that is that they have, which in times where we're facing 
un- uncertain times, to put it very um, generally. That's a terrible idea to start out with. Never mind the $250,000 for a food truck and different things. 750000 for the History Museum that doesn't even have a museum. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. There's an 11% raise for all the city employees. And would you give a raise to people right now when we're facing... Well, I mean, you've got inflation, and I get that part, but it's... It's an election ploy. It's a way to... Uh, That's the only thing I can, you know, so that it came from the mayor. She signed off on the whole thing. uh, it's, It's not part of reality. It is... It's out of touch with the times we're in. So you're going to hear some ads that I'm going to run. If you want to make a public comment or ask questions, you need to be at the council chambers at 2.30 on Tuesday. Meeting starts at 3. Sign in. It's on the second floor. It's at 200 East Main Street. And, um, and, And just you can get three minutes. And the biggest, most painful part of this is that she only she gives every uh city um agency 100 percent of what they ask for except for the police and fire which she only gives around 60 percent and never mind i thought we were already out of this defund the police stuff but evidently not here in Lexington and not with this mayor. Well, and, and also the irony, which irony or not, yesterday we had a, a shots fired inside the courthouse. But our how mayor does, has How told does that us, even happen? Our mayor has told us that... Uh, crime is down. Crime is down. But I'm seeing more and more helicopters circling around and I mean it's... it's so you'll you'll see some ads, but if you're, list, if you're, if you're not going to be listening other than right now, Listen, you're paying two if you if you work in Lexington and and have a paycheck in Lexington, two and a quarter percent of your pay goes to the city. It's called an occupational license tax, but it's basically an income tax. And they are wasting your money. Hold on a minute. Hold on. <laughs> That's an editorial the, 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 comment. The, 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 you are paying taxes. This is you don't you can't very easily go to Washington. And protest to them about how they spend your federal dollars. You can't as easily go to the state and protest to them. But you can come to the downtown Lexington, to the city council, and, and just ask them, why is it you're spending more than you're taking in? Which you're doing in this uh, in this uh, well, and their projected Hold budget on was Hold based on, on payroll taxes, Hold. not taking into account that people might be laid off. That's the other part no, of no, that. Just let me finish. It's business returns at taxes that is even way above what was collected last year. They're making extremely aggressive assumptions and they're making huge payouts. And it can be for only one reason. And that is to buy votes. It's it. It's, it's that reason. That's the only reason I see for the mayoral. Vote. Yes. For, for the mayor. And so, Come to the council chambers, 200 East Main. At the meeting starts at three. You probably ought to get there at a quarter of three at the latest, two thirty. Sign in. You got three minutes to speak, and just tell them go back to the drawing board. Now I'm going to run some ads to remind you. 
You know, I'm out here doing this work. If you can't get off your sorry butt oh, Lord. and come down and fight for your own city, you got yourself to blame. Well, and we're going to help you. I mean, you. The, the truth is you, you cannot complain to me or anybody else about government if here you have an opportunity to do and say something and you don't avail yourself okay. of it. Okay, so, so I'm going to finish. Tom got up and gave a about 10-minute talk, and uh, he had very well-prepared notes by Chad and Adarsh, and I am going to be posting those notes on our blog at DupreeFinancial.com under the blog and radio tab. I'm also going to post a PDF of the actual budget document. Can you get? Can you go in and get the footage of the, you know? I, I don't think that that's, that's I, can, I can try to find it, but yeah. I do have a picture of the mayor's face when Tom was making his presentation, and she was not pleased. But justifiably so. She, I mean, it's, it's a, it was a, Tom you know, did a great there's presentation. There's a she could call your father and complain about his daughter's actions of coming in. What, as, yielding my minutes to you? Well, you know what? It probably won't be the first call he's gotten about me, so I'm not really that concerned. Well, right? you don't want to. Let's up. move along. Go, Tom. Let's get back to the economy. <laughs> All right. Go okay, to the website let's, let's, and get the documents, debriefinancial.com, right. blog, and radio tab. So... The, uh, you know, we're talking about the economy and despite what, uh, certain folks may think, you know, we, we're not anywhere near having electric cars sort of run the economy uh, or, or transport people. We still depend on gasoline. You know, if you live in Los Angeles, regular is probably approaching seven maybe seven dollars and fifty cents uh boston i hear it's even worse um i know that right before you go into new york city through the holland tunnel the gas in new jersey is kind of cheap of course once you get in new york city or westchester county gasoline's way high but the the point is is it's, it's it's expensive everywhere and what happens with very expensive gasoline is that it begins to restrict normal activities of daily living going to the doctor going to the grocery store uh going to see your mother who lives in winchester kentucky um it's you know, I mean, it's now, it's now kind of an event, you know, even if you drive a Volvo, um, <laughs> here, you're still, you know, it's, it's, what is it? It's like six bucks to go to Winchester, you know, just in gasoline, you know, and then you come back, it's another six bucks to get back home to feed your dog. The, the point I'm trying to make is now, you know, this it's, it's expensive now. It's more expensive. So the, the, this will begin to restrict human activity. You know, we go to church. It take, it's about a 30-mile drive each way. You know, I mean, that's that's 25 bucks, to 20 bucks plus to drive back and forth to church. 
You know, I mean, you know, that's that's money that could have gone in the in the in the collection plate. I mean, I, what I'm trying to say is that th- it begins to be a a severe crimping right. of human activity. That that's true. Uh, when you think about you know all the uh, various activities that require uh, gas or energy, even food production requires, uh, you know. Uh, energy is a big input uh, when you produce food or, you know, when you mine or whatever it may be. So even if you travel, obviously, you know, you take a plane, uh, airfares are becoming more expensive. Uh, so most activities that involve either some kind of production or transportation uh, requires energy and you know gasoline is uh, gasoline or diesel uh, is uh, the main input in those activities so right um, some kind of petroleum some kind uh. of petroleum yes uh, and even plastics you know they the main input is you know uh, crude basically so uh, um High energy prices, even though when you look at the CPI or say when the Fed looks at the CPI, they, they don't include food and energy uh, food and uh, energy prices basically in their CPI calculation, although there's a separate uh, metric which does include those uh, inputs. Uh, energy prices, uh, the effects of high energy prices, you know, are felt by everyone. Right. I'll give you an example. Shampoo. What's the first thing on there? It's propylene glycol. That's used in shampoo, a lot of shampoos. That is a petrochemical. Uh, Everything that we have and use is touched by petroleum right and the idea that somehow we can divorce ourselves from it is so abjectly stupid it's it's not even worth talking about and and so yet uh, many of these people the basel lyondell uh, petroleum there in houston 269,000 barrels a day they're, they're going to close the refinery, you know, and it's, it, it, it can process that, uh, Canadian crude, the really thick right. tar type stuff. Not every refinery can. So the refining business has been kind of almost in runoff, you know, and, and, and I'm looking at it and thinking at some point there's going to be a turn. They're going to start to have to invest back into these things. There's no way we're just going to go and grind down to nothing. People won't stand for it. Yeah, I think we are starting to see that. Uh, You know, uh, there's this other article here that talks about how uh, credit card balances are starting to go up. Uh, Yeah. Credit card balances spiked to $841 Good Uh, Lord. So... And and the big reason for that is that people's uh, budgets are getting stretched as a result of uh, 
higher gas prices, higher food prices. Uh, so, uh, you know, we are starting to see the the impact of that. And once uh, people, you know, when people spend a higher amount of money on certain, say, goods, that means that they're spending less money somewhere else. So, you know, there are parts of the economy uh, that, you know, we may not have the data right away, but as this data starts coming out, we are going to see more and more, uh, you know, slowdown in economic activity as a result of high energy prices. Right. And as I said earlier, I think this is setting up for literally a crash in oil prices. People extrapolate what's been going on and they think it'll go that way into the future. Oh, you know, we're going to see gasoline at $6 and 75 cents a gallon. Well, when you set up uh, price destruction and it starts to actually happen, you can't control how far it happens. Right. I think this time next year, we may be looking at $40, $50 oil. Maybe. You know how fast it drops when it really drops. It could drop 20% in a week. And 20% the next week. Right. And it especially can happen after it's gone vertical. Because a vertical chart is setting up for a <laughs> vertical going the other way. Right. No, I, I, I agree with that. Yes, that, you know, commodity prices, not just uh, energy prices, but various other commodities they all tend to move together when they move and when they when the tide turns they they can fall extremely uh, rapidly we saw this in 2008 right before the financial crisis uh, we saw this in 2014 with crude oil prices they went all the way to 106 and then 30 dollars in a very short period um and uh, we also saw this in the early 80s you know when commodities prices peaked back then people were buying i'm sure people were buying crude but gold and silver were the big they paid 800 dollars an ounce for gold never saw it again for what 30 years or uh yes it went back there in the early 2000s so yeah yeah, i guess 30 years yeah widows were coming out going down to their lockbox and pull or going down and buying buying gold at 800 bucks an ounce right and you know it never got back there for a long time. And there were others that were afraid somebody would steal it, and they were putting it in their lockbox to protect it, too. That's when people were breaking in houses and stealing That's right. silver services, and and they had a, a melter thing going on out in their truck, and they would dump the silver service into the truck, and it be, might be 200-year-old Asa Blanchard silver. The, Which was the, worth way more than it was by the... The, the thief yeah. didn't know that. He just knew it was silver. All right, we got to jump. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with the Darsh Meshru. If you want to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to DupreeFinancial.com and the blog and radio tab. That's also where you'll find the Lexington Fayette Urban County Government information. Show up at City Hall next Tuesday, 2.30 to 3 p.m. and have your voice heard. 200 East Main Street. You can speak for three minutes. We'll talk to you next week. Go ahead and jump.